stealing in the name of the Lord. <laughs> that was a big hit, and uh, I think that single had been played a few times. <laughs> yeah, just a tad, Christopher, yeah. my brother, just a tad. Maybe you could give us a scoop on that one, Mike. I know it was a big hit, it and was it was kind of controversial. Yes, indeed, very controversial. Paul Kelly, uh, we talked on him uh, just last show. Very, very strong and very, very forthright brother when it came to putting out his own style and doing it his way. Uh, this song really lit up a lot of churches, black churches in particular, because, you know, the, the church was the foundation of mm. uh, the black community. And for him to talk about the hypocrisy that uh, goes on very often, and not just black churches, but all churches, but I mean, in particular, the black church, where, um, you know, we talk about the, the saving souls and all of the other stuff. But in the same breath, you're talking about people who maybe have uh, not as good clothes on or something like that in the church. And you make fun of them or you, you belittle other folks who maybe don't have it as well as you do and stuff. You're mm. guilty of the same things that you're supposed to be sitting there getting, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, how can we say, clarification and, 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 and uh, correctness about. And when he addressed these things in this song, a lot of stations, a lot of soul stations all up and down the eastern seaboard were getting calls from churches, in particular from pastors and reverends saying, don't play this song. So it's mm. like, wild the consternation, you know, the guy's talking about something and you know what they always say when the, if the truth hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if you on. listen to Paul Kelly's other stuff, I mean, he had a pretty sweet, innocent approach to life and whatever. So I wouldn't say that he's God hating or anything like that. He was just maybe questioning about everything. I mean, I can see that in Curtis Mayfield. James Brown stirred up a lot. To me today, I'm quite impressed that people in the soul music idiom stood up. Um, Marvin Gaye, all the controversy, mm -hmm. what's going on, um, brought about. I think this was a pretty cool thing, really, that these people, they were willing to take some flack for being heard and mm -hmm. for stirring up some thought. And for being different from speaking out of the norm, other than the collective thought that was supposed to be belonging to black people. The fact that people like Paul Kelly and James Brown, who was a Republican and all these other things, and mm -hmm. you know, in, in the States, being a Republican, I guess it's like not being quite Reform Party here in this neck of Canada, but it's like you're very conservative. And yeah. it's like... Um, it was just proof that the, the thought process of black people was not a monolith. And this carried is on this carried on to the music as well. That, you know, there were definitely different trains of thought as to how uh, they felt about certain things. And it wasn't this whole collective mindset that belonged to black folks. Yeah, different musical forms were influencing each other. There was a sense of freedom at the time. We talked about, you know, the psychedelia, uh, the Beatles in the last show, and other things that were going on. I mean, Laura Lee, it's not what you fall for, it's what you stand for. <laughs> Great title. Yeah, it is, you know. I mean, it's kind of an overlooked, an yet another overlooked track. Keep tripping, heartaches will never stop. 
from that time, I mean, there was just so much stuff going on in 71, 72, that only so much of it was, was getting heard. And it just shows you what a beautiful, productive time it was mm -hmm. up until about 75, 76. Yes. Until the disco and then the unfortunate demise and uh, great solo. I was being forced to make crappy records, crappy production. Not all of them were junk. Mm -hmm. um, there was some quality disco like Mainline and yeah. Black Ivory and some of the things. It was a little bit demeaning and insulting to the classical art form of the music, though, that only disco would sell. When it came down to it, David, the record company people, the A&R folks were saying, we don't want to hear this stuff anymore. People want to dance, blah, 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 blah. And that's where it all went. Unfortunately... Because it, it, from what we've heard so far, a lot of these songs being B-sides and, and, and album tracks, it was uh, indicative of the time that you were going to put something in there anyway. So they were very accepting of it when it was there. But it got to a point where, again, A&R folks, very few of them who were hired because of whatever reasons they did to get there. And a lot of them not being anything because of, and not being anything having to do with knowing anything about music mm. ended up killing the goose so it's so to speak and then saying okay well we don't want any more of this stuff let's get people dancing let's make happy upbeat stuff and all that stuff and let's go away from this direction now let's speed up now into pretty well modern day now here is a fellow interestingly who came from the hip-hop markets in on the west coast um, hip-hop was um, starting to uh, develop after that first early 80s scene the sugar hill gang and all of that by uh, the late 80s there was things happening all over honey williams went off to germany mm -hmm. so just like yourself <laughs> <laughs> here um i mean he wanted to make thinking hip-hop with socially conscious kind of lyrics and this kind of thing yo mama records in germany gave him his break mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> and yeah I he mean, could only get away with that germany he couldn't say that in the states <laughs> yeah yo mama records i mean <laughs> but here it is um now this is from his first album which somehow never got really released worldwide and never really got heard but check this out coming from the heart of the ghetto hey here we go now The music with the rhyme Check it out one time This is not a rap song This is just poetry with a tempo Check it out Growing up in the streets of LA All I thought about when I was young was getting paid Even though life around me was hard I never got scarred when I walked down the boulevard Keeping my head straight and up to date And never be late for the man to call checkmate Uh, cause I ain't the one Hey, I won't get done like my pop said You gotta be a man, son So I'm going and I'm jumping and I'm throwing And I'm letting everybody know my little bit of info Act like you know Coming straight from the heart of the ghetto Coming from the heart Coming from the heart Coming from the heart of the ghetto, yeah. Coming from the heart. Coming from the heart. Coming from the heart of the ghetto, yeah. Going to the next phase, that's the next rhyme. I gotta be on time, cause I'm getting mine. I want success in the worst way, because I love payday. So I say that I'll stay in effect and collect big checks. Having fat pockets is better than sex But I do love sex and I love to flex it So put me a cutie with back and I wreck it But it's all about money, ain't a damn thing funny You gotta have cash in this land of milk and honey Cause nothing's free, a 
understand me You gotta have dilly dilly dollars if you wanna come up G, and knowledge is the answer to all your woes And separate your friends from your foes And don't trip brothers, act like you know Coming from the heart of the ghetto 85th and Figueroa South Central Los Angeles Is where I come from Here we go, now kick it Coming from the heart Coming from the heart Coming from the heart of the ghetto
Superfly album. That's Curtis Mayfield here on African Rhythms. I'm David Love Jones. My special guest this evening, Mike Ingram. Now that's a well-known track, Mike. It really doesn't get much better than that for yeah. thinking music. And it's doubt, um, you know, it's there's a strong message about um, the perils of drug and walking that perilous, dangerous side of life. Everything you know? about that. Everything about the album and about the movie that it was the soundtrack for, just stupendous. I mean, it scared the heck. I think even Gordon Parks, when he put the thing together, he didn't realize what he had because well, we had touched on this in an earlier show. Uh, mm. For years, they didn't want to show Superfly, not even an edited version of Superfly, yeah. because the the, the the drug and the rather the anti-drug message was so strong, and it hit the theaters as hard as it did and made a lot of money with very I mean with very little fanfare this was something that was really making people sit up and take notice and although it didn't win a, 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 an Oscar award like Shaft did yeah. it was just as potent as far as uh, being a, a message minded piece of music and uh, just a message minded project all along that film scares me I mean it's it's very powerful really to have a songwriter of that caliber you are not gonna get a better example of a black soundtrack in the 70s I mean none of them I mean this song every track was unbelievable mm -hmm. you know there's no weak link amongst the ranks it is a perfect album and one of those finest soul records ever arguably one of the finest you know? arguably one of the finest and and on this album as well the track pusher man was another strong anti-drug track that got a lot of play on a lot of uh, local stations and uh, it it really led to a rise of uh, much more awareness across the board about uh, the evils of drugs, and uh, there were a lot more things like halfway houses in the states coming up, places drug treatment centers where people could go to to deal with the whole thing because it was in that time frame that people were going from you know the the drinking the bottle of wine on the corner and smoking the joint to really mm -hmm. getting into the hard stuff into the yeah. heroin and the cocaine, and in that early part of the seventies, cocaine really started it was to become glamorous. the drug of choice. Yeah. Exactly, it was yeah. made glamorous and it was starting to get out of hand right then in that early set I mean I think people they can really get sidetracked when they see the glamour and musicians doing it and stuff like that uh, I think heroin with the Nirvana crowd and this kind of thing it can be pretty dangerous you know you need to find out the knowledge see the different sides of it we're not preaching you know we've been there and we've experienced and seen these things it is something that um, you need to know something about what a better way to hear about it than from a poet like Curtis Mayfield yes indeed yeah and another artist that we've been paying respect to in our socially conscious set which is running a little over an hour <laughs> but what the heck <laughs> we've got to include this next track uh, this is Gil Scott Heron a wonderful track one of my favorites entitled peace go with you brother <laughs> Thank you. 
All of your children and all of my children Are gonna have to pay for our, pay for our mistakes someday Yes, and until then Wherever you go home, peace go with your brother. Beautiful. Peace go with you, brother. Gil Scott Heron. And I was just saying to Mike, uh, Giles Peterson, the head of Talking Loud, the inventor of the term acid jazz. And he played that on KISS FM in London during the Gulf War time, along with some other tracks like Harvest for the World, the Isley Brothers was actually thrown off the radio. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it was a political mic with a peace message during when they were trying to get everybody riled up for that little conflict with Saddam. That was, uh, that's pretty indicative of the fact that um, this isn't really the kind of music that's encouraged or whatever. Well, see, I, I, we have to say this to all our soul lovers out there. You know, it's if you're not listening to the lyrics, something's missing. I mean, I, I appreciate that everybody digs the music and they really uh, enjoy the different uh, types of soul music that's out there. But, you know, the words really make the music and if you're not paying attention to what the words are about and and really don't want to hear them then you're really missing the whole point of what soul music's about yeah and it's interesting in japan actually that um some of the tracks um that they're getting into over there that have been on there some of their free soul compilations which is a movement free soul is like 70s kind of soul free soul it's uh, socially conscious this type of thing so it's actually they over there are reviving it and i would say like right now over in england even europe to some degree that there isn't really the appreciation even with our uh, friends and voices this isn't one of the priority areas and so we'd certainly like to inspire them and to encourage them because we think that it is all part of the greater picture no doubt of uh, the history of this music a very important Part, you might add. No doubt. I, I certainly hope that our brethren over across the water take a second listen to some of this stuff and whatnot and let it roll around in the gray matter and, um, you know, pick up on what's really happening here. Yeah, I'm into that.
Just believe it's true. 
will overcome the bad And you'll find out what I mean It's not as bad as it seems Faith is the key, yeah It holds our destiny Shining through, yeah. Keep your faith. It's all left up to you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Keep your faith. Keep your And that's Mel and Tim on Stax Recordings. And coming up on African Rhythms, we've got some Latin, soulful, funk sounds, um, more of the widest spectrum of what African Rhythms about. We've been playing a lot of soul lately, but it's such a wonderful and wide area. And that's a great example of um, early 70s Stax Recordings there, Mike. Some of the stuff you were talking about in the last couple of shows, David, about how the Stax sound had become more sophisticated, but it kind of strayed away from its roots as far as like being uh, the gut bucket, real church-based stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a very slick production and stuff. And uh, although it was well done, it was, you know, something that seems real obscure uh, in comparison to some of the earlier stack stuff. Yeah, another example of a band starting all over again, big hit, but not really, a lot of songs never really got heard. Mm -hmm. And definitely a great example of sophisticated stack sounds. I mean, it's a huge area. Here's another band we've been talking about in, in uh, the last show, I believe, The Moments. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to play this at this particular time in the show, even though we're down into the last hour where we kind of make things more funky and Latin and such. Uh, this next time I see you, it really seems to relate to modern times and it's been sampled by hip-hop. They just they stood the test of time. They don't sound dated, Mike. No, they don't sound dated and that's something that transcended from the doo-wop bass like you were talking about into the 70s where the groups became more sophisticated because of arrangements and things of that nature and even when the kids started sampling that stuff they realized where they could get their little bits from. It's just like build it a house you know the foundation is torn up or it gets rotted you rebuild it with the, some of the original stuff and that's exactly what they did with these uh, earlier hip-hop cuts and the, this moments track was excellent because the moments were normally one of those ballad type groups and normally when a ballad type group does those things they like to stay in that neighborhood but every now and then when they do a track that's a little more up-tempo or it's got a little more jump feel to it and stuff uh, it doesn't always work but for the moments they were such a locked group and, and knowing what they could do it, it worked for them yeah, the moments are of um, utmost high in quality. And by the way, the track before the Mel and Tim, that was Kelly Patterson on Black Jazz Records and the original of Magic Wand of Love, recently remade, by the way. But here it is, the moments on Stang Records, a division of all platinum recordings. The next time I see you. <laughs> 
record to bring you a special bulletin. Superfly is missing. We now take you to our on-the-spot reporter. I have several witnesses here with me. Sir, when was the last time you saw Superfly? It was the 3rd of September. And you, sir, can you describe the suit Superfly was wearing? Red, yellow, black, white, and brown. And you, sir, who was the last person Superfly was seen with? Mrs. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. If we need you for any further information, can we call you? Whenever you call me, I'll be there. We take you now to Washington. We're here at the White House. The President has an important announcement regarding Superfly. Mr. President, Mr. President, what seems to be the problem? I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. Just arriving at the White House. Is the man that will risk his neck for brother man. Sam, now that the president has called you into the case, what will you be doing? Chasing women and drinking. Mr. President, what is your opinion of Sam? This cat Sam is a bad. I see the president and Sam have gone into the White House. What they do? Mr. President, Mr. President, what are you and Sam doing in there? Holding hands, making all kinds of plans. Mr. President, 
while you're holding hands with Shaft. Just been handed a bulletin. Superfly was last seen. We take you back to our on-the-spot reporter. I'm here with Freddie, who we believe knows the whereabouts of Superfly. Excuse me, Freddie. Ah! Wait a minute. What happened? It is dead. Freddy's dead. That's what I said. Oh well, I have several other witnesses. Do you know where Superfly is? We know, they know, and you know and I know. I don't know. How do you know? Your best friend wrote to me. And just who is my best friend? Superfly.
And you're listening to David Jones and Mike Ingram on African Rhythms. FM, 822-CITR is the number here. Give us a call if you have any inquiries about the music tonight. Always glad to hear from you. And I love that, that early 70s soul jazz kind of feel, Mike. You know, there's um, some real nice cover versions back then. Johnny Hammond, a beautiful translation of his idea of what was going on and uh he later on as we spoke on the, in the last show uh Mizell's got a hold of him and whatnot and he had some commercial success with his next piece which included the track los conquistadores chocolates yeah and uh shifting gears and mm-hmm. fantasy that's a pretty fantastic album and we'll be certainly featuring that one mm-hmm. yeah now why don't we get into a little bit of a latin groove now and uh go down to brazil and marcos valet all right Thank you. 
Mike was an example of some of the African people that came via Cuba to New York mixed with 
the different cultural happenings that were happening there. It's a beautiful statement for the common person and cultural diversity. Quite impressive, really. Yes, sir. Nice little Latin connection there with Joe Patan. Joe Patan, great Puerto Rican uh, based and New York based. New Yorkican to you New Yorkers out there. Ordinary guy. Yeah, that's um, that's a beautiful tune. Beautiful mm-hmm. tune, my brother. And uh, I just have to say, uh, out of all the shows, I really enjoyed this one the most. We really covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Yeah, no, we certainly have. And we're going to continue on now. It has to be said, Mike, credits and respect goes out to another person who's uh, passed away in the last year, Zachary Bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a real talent, and I never really got the recognition. So why don't we play a tune by him, Zachary Bro? To all those that are parted, better days ahead. Yeah. Thank you. 
Magical moment from Zachary Bro, sadly no longer with us. Mike, like you said, a wonderful show. I think we're moving in the right direction. We're just trying to show the wide worlds of African rhythms. I mean, yeah. largely, you know, largely in North America. We haven't got in some Thela like we want to or some other things yet, but, and we certainly will expand on the salsa, the New York scene, as well as Brazilian music and some of the other wonderful things. We'll get, have time for all of it, So Mike. much soul, so little time. Yeah, that's about it. We've got a couple more tracks. I want to play this wonderful Rachel Farrell track, who in my mind is one of the great vocalists in recent times. And then we're going to end it with James D. Train Williams himself, a great cover of The Shadow of Your Smile. Nice way to go take the D Train on out, my brother. But uh, uh, in, in closing, I'd just like to say, as we've said the last couple of shows, if you want to know where the soul trees grow, the roots of all that encompasses it can be found right here on African Rhythms. Sweet. And Mike, maybe you could just uh, mention to uh, about the basketball game coming up. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, the Afro News is going to sponsor the first annual Slam Jam 98. And we're talking some good stuff here. It's a basketball tournament for a worthy cause, the Afro News, and it will run from February 14th and 15th of 1998. Uh, there's going to be a lot of competition, some good stuff, open divisions, over 35s for all the old guys out there who still think you got some game. Uh, for the students out here as well, within the sound of my voice, if you got game, and I mean if you got game, Feel free to contact the Afro News, uh, and there'll be more information forthcoming about this event. Sweet, Mike. Okay, until next show, I'm David Love-Jones. Peace and love. Till you.
Yeah, yeah. 